This is Patrick Esmond White with Canada Reimagined. At the very start of my podcast series, I promised to look at Canada's future through a different lens. Now, when it comes to technology, I worked hard to stick to science that's fact-based. My facts are real. But in looking at politics and social issues, I am intentionally pushing the boundaries with new ideas, futurism, political heresy, all designed to make you realize that our imagination needs to be unleashed. Now, I'm not naive enough to believe that much of this will actually happen, but anything that helps is worth doing, and it starts with ideas. In any case, I explored how Canada could build wealth, address Indigenous restitution, and fight climate change with imagination. Next up, a number of ways to make the future better in our everyday lives. This episode, Failing Grades for Public Education. It's amazing how much our lives are structured by a 19th century paradigm we never really questioned. The education system. Education's a key to a successful economy. Until now, every successive generation of Canadians has been better educated than its parents. It's a cornerstone of progress, but progress has stalled. COVID hurt, but we also saw other problems long before that. Now, I was not actually there myself when Canada was formed, but it took days just to travel between the former colonies. Education for most people back then was very basic. Communities hired teachers, usually women, to teach the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Children in their teens were then expected to work and contribute. Yes, child labor. Half a century later, basic literacy was not enough. A high school diploma became the goal. Child labor was phased out, mostly. Another half century, and many jobs required college and university. The trades became more skilled. More women were educated, and many worked. Households needed the income. Throughout this entire time, with all the changes in society and the economy, the calendar of education has barely changed. What started as a schedule for an agrarian society is still here. It reflects a 19th century world in which kids went to school, walked home, did chores, and went to bed after sundown. That farm schedule still dictates the rhythm of life for today's families. But the world has transformed. Families today struggle to balance the demands of work and school, They're shackled by a school schedule that's remained locked in place. Parents today barely have time to breathe. Single parents have it even worse. Parents struggle to keep their children safe until they can get home from work. Then it's dinner in a rush, seldom eaten, sitting down as a family. Processed and takeout food becomes a necessity. Many parents turn into glorified chauffeurs for over-programmed kids. It's a rat race, even for the kids, all driven by that antiquated school schedule. Some parents rebel. A few tried homeschooling. They quickly learn how demanding it is to be a teacher and how much kids need social interaction. We're all social animals. On top of all this, 
COVID threw everything for a loop. Schools closed. People stayed home. More parents got a taste of homeschooling, and it did not taste good. Attitudes changed. Many families stepped back and rethought what kind of life they want. Some, looking at their work lives before COVID, wanted to keep working from home if the job could still get done. It's an ongoing adjustment and a huge transformation within society. From the past three years, teachers and parents alike know what aspects of online learning and homeschooling worked and what didn't. You might think all this would open the door to a debate over education reform. That's a debate worth having, you say. You would be wrong. Let me try and imagine a school system designed to put families first in our new modern economy. What might a radical utopian restructuring of Canadian education look like? Here's my futuristic utopian school. Most students walk to school. It's exercise. They stay in school for the full workday. During this much longer day, the kids learn, study, and do all their work. No more homework. They'd get healthy food served at lunch. They'd have ample time for the arts, sports, fitness, and play. At the end of the day, they go home all done for family time. Or sports, church, video games, reading, whatever. But no homework. For this utopia, the school calendar would need to dramatically change. Schools would operate year-round, mirroring the calendar of working parents. Parents, students, and teachers would all schedule their time, their vacations, as they see fit. In short, a dramatic rethink of the patterns of daily life for every job, every parent, every family. The key to success would be advice from teachers. Their world would be reinvented. Teachers are the backbone of the educational system. Currently, they are often overburdened by large classes, low budgets, disruptive students, an inability to apply discipline. It's a tough job. I mean, how many professions do you know where employees are told to wear special protective clothing because they may be bitten by an unruly child while on the job? It was never an easy job in spite of the nice vacations nor is it as well paid as some would lead us to believe. Teachers suffered a lot during the pandemic. So if we want to talk about dramatic changes, these changes must make sense to teachers and cannot be imposed. Teachers, like families, must see the benefit. In a major overhaul of the educational calendar, the schedules, vacations, and benefits of teachers would all be updated, The two-month summer holiday would end. The teacher workday would encompass teaching, preparing for classes, grading papers, and communicating with students and parents. Teachers would need time to focus on students who need special education. At the end of the workday, teachers, like students, would be done, free to be with their families. Yes, we would need many more staff, including teachers. Yes, All those arts and sports would require new employees. Yes, we need to rethink how to help students with special needs while not letting them hold back the majority. Yes, it would be expensive, but there are ways to save money that I'll get to. In this 
highly unlikely new educational system, every student should have an individualized educational plan, an IEP. IEPs are commonly used for special needs students. If every student had an IEP, there would be a clear contract between parents, teachers, and students with goals, schedules, and measurable results. Students could progress at their own speed. The online school experience during the pandemic was in many ways a cautionary tale. Remember the old country song, How Can I Miss You If You Won't Go Away? When school went away, everyone learned exactly what they missed. But some parts of virtual schooling did work and should be retained and improved. With upgraded technology, parents could monitor progress online and communicate with teachers. Students could use online resources to keep up if they're sick or away. Flexibility would be the norm. To make all this function, technology in the classroom and at home must be dramatically upgraded. Faster broadband and proper hardware for every student. Schools will need air conditioning. They'll need more space. Learning from the pandemic, schools need world-class educational multimedia services to complement and supplement teacher-directed learning. That means online modules for every course and every grade, along with software to support monitoring, testing, and grading. Many online courses are already available, but these need to be curated. Canada should reject ideologically-based content, whether the bias is religious or cultural. Canada would produce modules with up-to-date content, hosted by award-winning teachers and backed by world-class graphics. Students could access these anytime, anywhere. Some content, of course, would be specifically designed for narrowly targeted student cohorts. So, for example, a course on the history of Nova Scotia would be intended for use in that province. Or classes to teach indigenous languages would target those First Nations. Now, I've outlined a utopian approach to education that's intended to align to our 21st century society and the demands we face. It's the kind of thing that could be done as a pilot project and expanded, if it's a success. Now, what makes reform like this virtually impossible in Canada is that education is a provincial responsibility, a legacy of that 19th century. Most modern democracies have a national educational system, not Canada. Or, of course, our dysfunctional southern neighbour. If Canada had a true national education system, this would allow economies of scale, universal standards, and a shared curriculum. For this, Canada would have to amend the Constitution to make education a federal responsibility. Education could then be implemented and managed by local school boards. This constitutional change would be easiest, of course, if Quebec ran all the French-language schools. But that's a topic for another day, and oh yes, I will get to it. A single federal department of education would offset some of the higher costs of many new school staff and the digital services. There would be greater efficiency, however. No more duplication of costly departments of education. An estimated $1.5 billion could be saved in Ontario alone by simply eliminating Catholic schools. In fact, 
Religious schools use a number of tax loopholes, all legal. They'd be eliminated. Only public schools should get public funding, direct or indirect. The utopian educational system would celebrate multiculturalism as a Canadian advantage, encouraging all languages. Bilingualism would be encouraged, but not mandated. First Nations would teach indigenous languages in schools in their communities. School boards could customize education to reflect the unique needs of their community, providing a menu of school subjects that respond to local demand. One particular concern is schooling for First Nations. Schools on reserves are run by the federal government and are poorly funded. Many Indigenous youths go to nearby provincial schools. Under a federally run education system, the First Nations would use the local school board to build their cultures. They'd be able to supplement the national curriculum with traditional learning. This would support their historic cultures, preserve endangered languages, and still incorporate technology and knowledge from the wider world. In the process of massive reform of public education, the rhythms of Canadian life would be changed to put families first. Families would adjust to the different pattern of work, play, and community. The school system would allow the rhythm of life to be easier, not harder. Ultimately, if parents are confident in the safety and well-being of their children during the full workday, they can focus on their own jobs with peace of mind. Whether they work from home or elsewhere, that workday would not be squeezed by the fear of unattended children. Parents and children alike deserve freedom at the end of the day. That requires changing the current school schedule, changing how teaching occurs, and how it's managed as a federal, not a provincial, responsibility. As it is, our school systems have failing grades. You've been listening to Canada Reimagined. My thanks to Tom Plant for the theme music, Tom Evans for my artwork, and to Harbinger Media, a collection of Canadian independent podcasters that I'm honoured to join. I'm Patrick Esmond-White. Tune in again and spread the word.